0: Are you ready to scale? Why not invest three minutes in our scalability index? It's quick, it's easy, and it's got specific guidance. Find it at evokinggenius.com slash scale. Hello, and welcome back to Genius at Scale. Today's guest is Jacques Penny. Jacques, good morning. Say hello to our guests and tell us a little about yourself. Hey, John.
1: thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. and. Uh, be part of all that you have going on at some level. And um, yeah, I, uh, uh, a little bit about myself. I am um, an early age of roughly, I'd say 13, was. Uh, bitten by the entrepreneur bug and started cutting grass. And, um, you know, from there have uh, continued in the journey of being an entrepreneur, um, you know, from starting uh, an early stage virtual world for kids back in the early 2000s to uh, Shinola Watch Company here in Detroit, Michigan, um, and, you know, a number of other uh, ventures in between. Um, But, you know, the the main thing about me is I love working with people and, and building teams, and having the opportunity to learn and, and lead people uh, through a journey of, of growing and, and scaling uh, businesses, which is what we're here to
0: talk about today. Uh, that's great. That's great. It's funny you mentioned the mowing mowing lawns. It's uh, it's amazing how many entrepreneurs had entrepreneurial first jobs <laughs> instead of working at Baskin Robbins or McDonald's for a, for two dollars an hour. Sure. Uh, at, yeah. I, I'm just a curiosity. Um, it's a theory a friend of mine has that farm kids and paper boys or paper girls make great entrepreneurs. Did you have did, Were you, you weren't a farm kid, but did you have a paper route as well as a kid? I didn't have a paper route, but uh, I, uh, I I was on the farm
1: um, and uh, <laughs> oh, you were a farm kid. I was. Yeah, we had a, a family farm back in uh, in Virginia and. Um, yeah, it was the early days of the farm where they would actually till the fields, plow the fields, disk the fields, uh, and then we'd walk behind the tractor and, and and pick up all of the sticks and big rocks and whatnot and throw them in the back of the pickup truck that the older cousin would be driving. And you know, I was always the young guy in the family, so I was the guy picking up uh, the sticks and the rocks and whatnot to make the
0: fields uh, manageable down the road. That's that's funny. Yeah, yeah. you're a farm kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, his his theory his theory holds because you you think about yeah. it. You don't get a day off. Yep. No no one uh, Yeah, no one apologizes if it's raining outside and you got to feed the chickens or, or go work in, uh, behind a pickup truck throwing rocks. Zero apologies. And, you know, Aunt Betty
1: would show up to the field uh, around noon every day with uh, spam sandwiches and uh, a good old uh, bottle of Dr. Pepper. You know, and maybe if you got lucky, you got a bag of chips.
0: <laughs> well, at least there's good nutrition there. Yeah, too. yeah there you very go. good nutrition. <laughs> right. Right. Well, so. So, you mentioned some of your um, successes. Shinola obviously is a name a lot of people know. I'm curious um, is there a difference between rapid growth or scaling in a product company versus uh, an intangible or a service company? I I, I take it you've worked at times in both. Is there strategic or logistical differences in how you grow? Uh, For instance, like a Shinola versus maybe a service company or a yeah, service company would be the best way to, to say it. Yeah, well, look, I,
1: I haven't, you know, been part of or led a service company, but, you know, I, I do think there's, there's you know, obviously the word scale and growth, the word scale and growth are, uh, can be looked at as one. But, you know, I look at them a little bit different because, you know, as as we're growing these companies, our burn rates don't always um, uh, imply that we are, are cash flowing um, and that, you know, the the balance of what's coming in versus what's going out uh, makes sense uh, from from a, a cash standpoint. And so, you know, on the other side of things, when you're scaling, what, you know, in, in my experience, what we've always looked to do is, is to continue growing at, at a very fast clip. But ensure that we're managing costs to a place where we are uh, putting cash to the bottom line, and um, and and so you know the companies that i've run it they've all been early stage where we are rapidly rapidly growing um some would say scaling but i would say growing and and that's where we're throwing a lot of money at the business and building the teams and setting up the platform to actually scale uh beyond that initial growth period no it's great it's great so um, and that's where we're spending. And, you know, in technology stacks, we're spending on processes, developing strategies, you know, um, uh, building the right teams, getting the right people in the right seats. So uh,
0: I look at scale and growth a little bit differently. So if you're, if you're growing rapidly, if we, if we use that term, um, what is optimiz- What do you optimize for differently when you're then when you're more mature and, and I don't like the word settling but you've settled down a little bit and you've got a market and now you're you can't grow 70 or 80 percent or 50 percent in a year but what does optimization look like when you're in that rapid build out and it's it's kind of the fun days when you're when you're you're building the platform to for the rapid growth and you're hiring people and you're putting people in the right seats and whatnot what do you optimize for there differently than you would optimize for when you're more mature yeah i mean look i think for in in the businesses that i've been part of it's you know
1: optimizing product for example right and and understanding product and optimizing the product for the consumer uh that we're selling to and then what does the consumer experience look like and how do we ensure that those three elements are going to carry on to the next phase of growth for the business and you know once you're at a more stable if you will place in in the life cycle of the business those three elements that i just used as as examples you know become they're very important but they become more stable because you have gained understanding you have invested heavily into product uh, development you have invested heavily into the understanding of the consumer Um, you have invested heavily into the customer's experience and developed you know for example in the customer's experience side of things customer service team and the processes and the technology stack that supports that customer service team and that system that whole ecosystem, if you will, becomes stable and is, is one that can then in turn support the customers, the business uh, in a way where you're not having to invest so heavily into that particular
0: uh, uh, bucket of, of operations uh, of the business. So assuming that, you, like you say, it becomes more stable and predictable then you shift optimization at that point? I would say, yeah. Turn the focus elsewhere and say.
1: Absolutely. Shifting optimization in terms of, you know, look, customer service um, in a a lot of cases, in my experience, John, has been a, a reactive entity in the business, right? Where John's calling in and something that he purchased isn't working properly or it broke or he needs to return it. And that's all inbound. When we get to a more stable place with these businesses, I like to go into the customer service, and I'm just using customer service as one example, but I like to go into the customer service team and make them a proactive group, right, where they're doing outreach, where they're communicating to customers, where they're working to further the relationship with the customers that we have been working to bring in. and and increase LTV, for example, with our customers. Um, So, yeah, it becomes a different strategy, but one that doesn't imply we're having to invest, again, a ton of money into further technology or even building uh, the technology stack that we initially built, right? So we want that initial technology stack to be in place to support the customer service team, the right people there. That gets stable, and then... Let's implement a strategy again to to shift how the customer service team is actually acting on a day-to-day basis.
0: No, it's great. So uh, following that methodology, is there a way to then um, quantify or capture the return on investment from shifting to reactive inbound customer service where you're solving problems to proactively reaching out? Is there a way to say, well... We're going to focus on that, and we're going to actually set up systems for that. Is there a way to capture or calculate return on investment for a long-term customer like that? Yeah, I mean, look, it's,
1: it's uh, the, the lifetime value of the customer, right? So uh, in, in, in the consumer goods space where, where I've primarily focused during my career, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, it, we don't want to just sell John one widget. We want to sell John Ten widgets. We want John to come back. We want John to be part of our loyalty program. We want John to be an advocate for the brand. Um, so yes, we, we would absolutely be measuring the lifetime value of you, uh, our customer, um, and and so that's one of the quantifiable ways. Um, you know, then then we can look at you know in in terms of, for example, developing a loyalty program. Um, and incentivizing a John to bring more customers, bring his family and friends to the business, right? So there's a number of different metrics that we can look at to really understand uh, uh, the value of shifting the strategy in this example of the customer service department as we scale, right and in the scaling aspect in in this case, we've gone from the growth, and now we're at the scaling where we're shifting that strategy with the customer service team and, and scaling, but not having to deploy a ton of cost. And hopefully we're increasing revenue to where the co- the revenue outweighs the cost um, as we continue to, to, to scale and, and build the business.
0: It's interesting. Um, we've got a portfolio company that I work with that is they do these a mind mapping software and they, it's a simple idea. What they do was they built a family tree for every customer yep. so they showed where you came from and then who is in your family tree and people became kind of proud of their family tree and said well wait, yeah i brought in three of my friends and my sister and and then they brought in people and you got if you will credit and that's how they built their whole um and you got swag and you yeah, got all kinds loyalty of loyalty program for what your family tree looked like yep. yeah but then you could go on your you could go on your account and just click on it and it was uh they showed me the software it was incredibly simple yeah. but it showed this whole thing and people were super pr- proud of it because then they also realized oh yeah next time i talk to so and so i'm gonna ask him how, it, how his watch is or how his uh, car is or how his uh, uh widget is because we we live in the same family with that with that yeah. team um the the piece that was uh, fascinating about it as well uh, the company then hit a hiccup with something some some uh there was some aspect of the product and the family trees turned against them. Oh, wow. <laughs> because now you're connected to that. Well, and I had never thought of that, but you think, oh, right, if, if you screw up, then everybody calls everybody and goes, Jacques, is your, is your widget not yep. working either? No, this thing's a piece of crap, and I can't get them to fix it. And you go, that no, the family trees. So it forced them to be um, connected internally because they couldn't just overwhelm customer support when the product didn't work. Those guys are saying you need to get that product fixed immediately so that I can tell my families yep. that they're okay. okay. Uh, because, because when families revolt, it's a, it's a, it's a revolution. And that was, I mean, John, it speaks to the power of social networks, right? And, yeah. and that's,
1: that's the world that we're living in today. And, and so, you know, when, when you talk about measuring and, and, and quantifying, um, you know, as we scale businesses or as i've scaled businesses you know it 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 really becomes important to understand the power of the social networks and you know how i mean you think about you as one human being who is connected to 10 human beings those 10 human beings each of them are connected to 10 more it just grows exponentially and human nature We love talking, unfortunately, so often, we love talking about the negative, the bad, the this thing isn't working, rather than talking about how great this thing is, right? Like how great this pen writes. You know, I might not be that inclined to write about how great it writes, but if this pen cost me 500 bucks and it's not writing worth a darn, I can promise you I'm going to tell the world. Someone's going to hear about it, you know. (laughs) And so it's like it's managing into those elements as well, and those might not be quantifiable um, uh, metrics, but it is having the systems in place as you scale uh, uh, to manage into those potential wildfires that can happen from the social networks in which we live. And to your point about the family tree
0: is is a great example, and I would suggest it's a social network. Yeah, well, they they did it before, and they kind of do it separate from they they do online reviews right. and all this stuff. But this is something more personal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So they they told me the one thing they did, they came out with a and had like four colors, and one of the colors, evidently, they didn't do a whole lot of homework in advance because when the color showed up, every every family tree trashed it. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, it was it was like a it was like a neon green, uh-huh. um, and and uh, all of the family trees nicknamed it puke. oh no oh no <laughs> you go puke is not a good name for a color even uh it was supposed to be a fun color and people just said yeah it looks like puke yeah so, it's not good that is not good <laughs> so, yeah uh, but it was powerful yeah. and the company they they actually kept it and they they made it playful but uh, yeah um you in your journeys and you've you've had multiple journeys doing this is there historically an episode or, uh, an inflection point that you can point to either in retrospect or kind of do a Babe Ruth and say, we're going to go there and then go hit it. But is, is there, is there a specific event usually or an episode that, um, where you, where you can say, yeah, that's where we went. That's where the inflection point hit. Or is it just, um, compounding where you say, you know what, every year we, we get better. Every year we try to grow a little faster. What's your experience been with that?
1: Yeah, it's been more the latter, um, you know, where where it's it's, you know, we're going into planning for the next year. Uh, I don't know, six months in advance of that year, uh, the coming year, um, and and we're analyzing the business. We're looking at. Where we had wins, where were the you know potholes that we we fell into and really had to climb our way out of, and how do we avoid those going into the following year? Um, and and then you know I think one of the most important pieces of the puzzle, John, as you know, you talk about these inflection points becomes you know capital management and 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 and. Allocation of cash and where are we going to allocate cash and and what initiatives are going to imply that growth? And, and some of the capital allocation decisions that are made in the planning period for the following year do, in my experience or have implied an inflection point, right? Even in some cases, we didn't know that was going to happen, but we planned to make an investment. We invested in this one element, whether it was a critical hire, uh, whether it was a new piece of technology, um, whether it was taking a shot at doing a collection that you know of product that might have been a little bit outside of our wheelhouse. Um, but we made that investment, and that investment in turn worked, and created another inflection point in the company where, you know, we saw tremendous growth where we needed to hire, et cetera. Um, Or in some cases there was no need for further investment, but it increased our revenue uh, exponentially because of that one little investment uh, that we made, or in some cases, big investments,
0: but um, yeah. Oh, that's great. So let's do the flip side of the coin. Then Um, I'm curious if you have a, example or an episode where you really stepped in it or uh, you got blindsided or you hit a brick wall and how what was the I'm curious because we hear the success stories and it makes it sound like everybody just goes like this and you say nobody just goes like this everybody has um, gaffes Um, curious about an episode or a story where where you paid a, a big tuition and then perhaps it also became a key for future growth because you say, oh, wait, yeah, we, we almost had to have that lesson and we weren't looking for Yeah. I mean, look, there. I, I've
1: been part of uh, or I was part of a, a group where we wanted to bring together two businesses, um, two different brands, right? In the same. Were you acquiring or, or you being acquiring? Acquiring. We were acquiring. You were acquiring. Okay. Yeah, right. We were acquiring. Yeah. Um, and we thought that bringing these two businesses together would make a lot of sense same category same vertical right bringing so two very powerful brands in the industry brought them together you know we did the due diligence did all the work et cetera, on the businesses that we on the business we were acquiring blended them but blending them from a a let's just say very basic financial standpoint systems standpoint That worked, John, but blending the teams, blending the product, blending production, it didn't work. And it was a colossal failure. And quite frankly, the the business that we had to acquire has struggled ever since. Um, And we've struggled to get that business to really grow. And in turn, it has impacted the business that was quite healthy and was ready to go in scale, right? But this business that is healthy, is now having to fund this business that isn't healthy and and they didn't blend the right way that we thought they would. On a spreadsheet, we could get the numbers to work. We could make you know <laughs> the 1 plus one equal 2, right? But at the end of the day we probably needed the 1 plus 1 to equal 6. To make the bigger picture work. And we failed to think through a bigger picture strategy of these organizations coming together from a wholesome standpoint, not just at the financial level, not just at the systems level, but all the way through the entire organization.
0: So this was a this was a function of bringing, a if you will, a, a culture or belief system of vegans with a culture or belief system of carnivores and saying, why don't they get it's along? It's a fine analogy, yep. yep, Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. More and more companies these days seem to be doing cultural due diligence, which was non-existent ten years ago. It won't work. It, work. Yeah. it just doesn't work. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that
1: was uh, that was one example. And, and look, there were it wasn't just culturally. There were systems that didn't blend properly. There were you know, and and then it's always one of those cases where you get into a business that you acquire. And you start to lift up this rock and open this door. And there's a big, hairy, scary monster that you didn't know was behind that door when you bought the business. And, uh, yeah. Um, it, so you're, you're behind the tiller again, picking up <laughs> sticks and big rocks and throwing them in the pickup truck. That's exactly
0: right. Here's a big
1: rock. I can't even lift this up. <laughs> no. one. This one's really yeah, big. This one's really big. And we need a piece of dynamite to blow it up to then
0: get through. You know, to, right. And okay, it's yeah. Just, yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um we have a theory that uh companies um, or maybe c suites scale or grow at the at the level that the c e o is growing true fair or unfair i think number one very 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 interesting theory look
1: um i i guess john this is how I will try to answer the question um and and I don't know if I'll do a good job of it, but what I would say to that is me as a ceo i always want to surround myself with people who are better smarter can do the job in ways that i could never imagine doing it and so with that thinking in mind the the idea or the concept or the theory as you put it uh of the the business doesn't grow without you know the ceo growing or or this doesn't level up beyond the ceo um i i would say that it could or would level up beyond the ceo because of the team surrounding him or her right as long as you have the team um is able to 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 to, to push right now what i would also or how i would also circle back to the other side of the, the the theory is The CEO does need to be able to drive a vision and to drive the team and to ensure that all the dots are being connected and there is cohesion, right? You know, the the CEO does need to grow to really lift the team and pull the team along, but that's not to say that the team can't be bigger, better,
0: broader than the CEO, if that makes sense. It does. And it's, I, I wonder, is it a function of if the CEO is trying to keep up as opposed to leading from, a, from the front, does that prohibit growth? Or is it it might even be better that the team is so good that the CEO essentially just has to um, make lemonade and hand out sandwiches? I, look, I, I don't know that it, it should be to that degree.
1: Um, because I I do think the CEO needs to be in the weeds, in the details, in the trenches with the team. Um, But I would hope that the CEO is handing out the lemonade and the sandwiches, because CEOs should be doing that to support the team um, uh, while leading them, right, Um, and and helping them to grow. I mean, John, you know, I I always look at teams and say, hey, who's going to take my seat? And and how do I enable Susie or how do I enable Bob to take my seat? Um, right. How can I lift them? Because they're lifting me at some level. Um,
0: it's, 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 it's a perfect example because for a CEO that's worried and not growing, they're worried you'll take their seat instead of saying, I would love to groom two successors and then we're a better company for it. 100%. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. it, it implies security for investors. What if right. I walk outside
1: and get hit by the bus? Right. Who's right. going to step in? Well, if I got no, Susie over here, Susie's ready to rock and roll. I got yeah, Bob over she here. Bob's no right. She can handle it. No problem. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, you know, I, and, and look for a guy like me, John, I don't have a four year degree sitting over there from Stanford or I didn't go to B school as they call it. Right. I am going to be surrounded by people that are much, much more educated than me, that are much, much more book savvy than me, that, you know, know things and theories and concepts and ways of operating that I don't know. So I get to learn from them and I get to grow through them and with them. Yep. And and or But I have the fortune of being the CEO. I have the fortune of being the leader of starting the company or having been brought in by a private equity firm or high net worth individual, whatever it may be. And so I have the, 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 the fortune of leading them, but being a partner
0: in leading or through leading. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's interesting. It's, it's a whole different theory. We won't go into it now, but it's an abundant yeah. approach as opposed to a scarce approach. Um, last question we, 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 we have for fun, just trying to get a sense of the CEO or the founder or the entrepreneurs. Um, if we had gone to your junior high high school, you know, seventh, eighth grade, and we had to, Kind of follow you around for 30 days and then go to Vegas and place a futures bet and say, this is a kid I'd bet on to be a, an entrepreneur or a founder or a CEO. What's the scouting report on you in junior high that would have led us to place the bet? Frankly speaking, I don't know that you would have bet on me. Yeah, we may not have. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, it's interesting to see how people get from, you know, because everybody's a knucklehead in seventh grade. I mean, nobody's yeah. polished. Um, who are you in seventh or eighth grade that, that, uh, that somehow turned into a founder or a CEO or an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, look, John,
1: I think if you would have come to follow me around for 30 days, what you would have observed is a kid who wasn't only, didn't only find himself in one, one peer group, right? I wasn't just hanging out with the jocks or the nerds or the, the hippies or the or press, the theater, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I hung out with all of them and I knew all of them and I knew their families and I was having dinners with their families and friends with, with everyone and was always a peacemaker at some level um, and always wanted people to get along and to have an understanding of one another and to be able to show up Uh, to an event and and enjoy the event together and you know i think that today for me in my entrepreneurial journey and in my career has created this approachability um and and an element of communication through transparency um where it's not like you know i have to sit in the corner of the tower, and you know you can only come in by knocking the special knock. You know that's <laughs> bullshit. Having an appointment two weeks in advance. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make sense. You know to me, and I think that you know in in organizations where you know you have the CEO walking by your desk and you're kind of hiding behind your desk, that's not healthy, right? Yeah. Um, you want to stand up and give that guy a high five, and you know and 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 have a conversation and. I think that type of of or that way of behaving and giving your team the the ability to approach you as a leader uh, is huge. So um, I would have done that in a heartbeat. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because yeah. getting along with people, being a people based CEO, generally pays off really well. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so, interesting. That's interesting.
1: I'm glad to hear that you would have bet on me, John. That means a lot yeah so there's one yeah there's There's one
0: one. yeah (laughs) (laughs) my mom no my mom wouldn't have bet on me either uh no No. way yeah Yeah. my my, yeah some of my friends might have but uh yeah that's okay Okay. it's okay in seventh grade I punched my seventh grade teacher in the face so I don't think a lot of people he called somebody the n-word and I stood up and he kind of challenged me to a fight and I was like yeah. okay uh Here he sent we go me in the hall and i punched him in, i punched him in the mouth yeah yeah <laughs> so, i would have done so that i don't think people well. were betting they weren't they weren't making futures bets on me either so All right it's okay yeah. yeah we turned yeah, out okay. okay
1: we're just fine man we're just fine yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah well as as uh jacques thank you for your wisdom and insight and your uh your approachability uh that that makes her uh uh super helpful learning for our guests uh for those who uh uh are listening? We look forward to seeing you again on Genius at Scale. All the best. Thanks, John. You're most welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Are you ready to scale? If so, invest three minutes in our scalability index. It's simple, easy, and gives specific guidance. Find it at evokinggenius.com/scale. All the best.